0: Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo podcast taekwondo news competitions and other events training and sports science keeping the fans coaches and high performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on olympic taekwondo let's do this this is the taekwondo podcast and now your hosts coach caesar valentine and peter nesler
1: Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We're a podcast based out of Austria in English language for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. In this episode, we talk with Dr. James Moran, Performance Nutrition. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentin and with me is Dr. James Morhen. Hi, James. How are you?
2: Very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Fine. Here I am on recording podcasts, my new hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it's good fun, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, could you please tell us a little bit how about who you are and what are your involvement with the condo?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I guess a, a whistle stop tour. So my name's uh, James Morhen, and I recently—well, I say recently—it was a couple of years ago now. But I completed my PhD at Liverpool John Moores University, which is based in the northwest of England, near uh, in Liverpool, um, and, and that was really in the area of um, body composition, nutrition, um, phys- and, and applied physiology with professional rugby players. Um, I also got my undergraduate degree and master's degree programme from Liverpool as well. And then in the last um, few years, I've been working in the applied field, Um, probably most notably, I had four years um, with England football at the FA, where I was looking after both the the men's and the women's pathways with a, a good friend and colleague there. Um, And then recently I've moved back into Rugby Union and I now service the Bristol Bears Rugby Union team. And um, again, looking after men's, women's and academy programme there. So that's kind of my team sport and an applied area with that. And then in in particular to, I guess, combat sports and taekwondo, um, I worked for around five, six years with Rocky Fielding, who is a Liverpool-based professional boxer. Um, and, and supported that man over a five-year journey to, to help him kind of go on and win uh, the regular world super middleweight champion belt um, against Tyrone Zuiger in Germany. So that was a couple of years ago and then and Rocky most famously um, attempted to defend his title against um, Sal uh, Alvarez Canelo at Madison Square Garden in New York in 2018. Unfortunately, he lost that title um, and then outside of Rocky, I've been supporting a, a cruiserweight boxer, Chris Billum-Smith, who's um, a very good boxer, a very good, intelligent bloke. Um, and then it was really the last, I would say, 18 months maybe, I think, where there was a, a communication with none other than yourself via social media. Um, and then that that was where I started to support some of your Olympic-level athletes, um, and, and help them make the weight and fuel their training sessions a little bit better
1: well most of our listeners are coaches but for those parents and fans who are listening would you tell us why making weight and weight cut is so important in combat sports
2: yeah so I think the the, the first section that you spoke about there is is kind of making the weight or or what I would almost refer to a, a body composition manipulation so those that are um, you know aware of team sport in in team sport we classically have a pre-season period and then we have the in-season period and the way that I like to refer that in in weight making athletes is that your pre-season period is the body composition manipulation so it's the the eight nine ten twelve weeks prior to the the competition week where you're really then focusing on um, energy intake, nutritional periodization aligned to the training program which we've spoke in depth about and, and really allowing the, un, uh, the athlete to understand how to fuel for the work required, also recover properly. And if, if the ultimate aim of that 10week period say is to lose body mass to try and hit a certain weight before the acute weight loss happens, then that's where we really have to understand that the nutritional periodization. Um and, and that really is the art of understanding nutrition properly. Once you've finished your pre-season or your, your 10-week period, we then enter that final week, which is where you, you refer to there almost um you know the weight cut or or making weight. And and that is where I would refer to as a team sport. That we're now in season, you know, this is all about competitions, all about performance. Um and that becomes a really interesting and It can be a fun area, but also an area where people really mess it up um, quite badly. And it's really important that as we enter that final five to seven day period, where we're almost in a bandwidth of between 2%, maybe 5%, up to around 8% of the body mass that we want to lose in that final five to seven day period through the acute weight loss strategies. And, you know, again, we've worked extensively on those and, and implementing different strategies with your athletes to help them make that weight safer. Um, the opposite is you kind of enter the final 48-hour period, you're drastically above weight, and then it's, you know, the, the panic alarm gets pushed and everyone's stressing, everyone's worried. And then that's where we see athletes, unfortunately, um, resort to silly methods where they're dehydrating far too much and losing too much body mass in that final period. Um, and you, quite frankly, you won't have an athlete that can go and perform then, and it won't be an enjoyable process.
1: Of course, the for the for the people who are new to the combat sports and they're new to taekwondo at a high level. The advantages of competing in a lower weight class, are, of course, that you will be bigger. You have a longer arms, longer legs, a little taller, a little reach that is increased compared to the uh, opponents in your weight division. As far the athletes try to f- compete in the lower weight divisions, sometimes go through to dr- drastic weight loss, uh, weight cut strategies, as you just mentioned. Very dangerous. And since weight cut is considered to be very dangerous due to the extremes people go through to to make those advantages weight classes, would you suggest other divisions or criteria instead of the weight classes, like a combination of weight and height, for example?
2: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting, I guess, area and discussion. And I, I should have added in earlier when I when I lived in Liverpool as a student, I was fortunate or unfortunate that my. Uh, housemate at the time was Dr. Cole, Lavin, and Cole sorry, Dr. Carl Langan Evans, who um was a, a junior taekwondo Olympic medalist. And so I used to speak to Carl or we used to have discussions together about how do you try and make weight cutting a bit safer and try and restrict or minimize these athletes doing these these silly weight cuts really. Um, And I remember speaking to Carl about it and and one of the discussions was, do we, you know, do you bring in a a height category instead of weight category per se? But I think athletes will always try and find a way to manipulate and gain that competitive advantage, whatever the uh, way that the kind of categories are selected. And so, I I think, look, as as a as a coach and as a nutritionist, it's just important that we educate them to do it the right way. Because look, we know now, working together quite closely, that athletes can make weight safely. It 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 doesn't have to be a negative thing. They can make weight safely, and they can do it strategically over a period of time. So those that are still wanting to do it in an unhealthy manner, then you know that's on them. If they want to do that and put themselves through Uh, pain and, and not perform properly that's up to them but those that are willing to seek the expert advice and understand how that works then you can make the weight safe and you can do it properly so i don't think we need to start shifting up the rules yet it's more about those athletes that are willing to learn and adapt will be the ones that make the weight safer
1: well you've been working with us for almost a year now and you've known taekwondo from before. You've been following up the up-to-date regulations, competition systems, random within. and considering your experience with other combat sports, even professional combat sports. What would you say are the biggest differences about working with taekwondo athletes and coaches, and what could we do better?
2: Well, yeah, a good question, Caesar. I think um, the obviously the my my background in boxing compared to the, the taekwondo before I met you was that it was very, very clear that you would have a weigh-in the day before competition and that, you know, there's none of this um, random selection of re-weighing in um, prior to competition. So it's almost, you can be quite strategic around, right, we know that we need to weigh in on the Friday at one o'clock and then we know that we're not competing until 8 p.m. on the Saturday evening. So you've got that wonderful period of replenishment and refueling and that's where I've seen some boxers you know, gain six, seven kilos of weight ready to go into that fight. Now, we, and I was working with one of uh, the athletes, the, the first female athlete that I worked with you, we couldn't do that and we couldn't gain that substantial amount of weight because there was obviously the catch weight that we needed to be aware of. In, in case um, the individual had that, uh, um, she got selected for the reweighing. So that's definitely an area that I've had to adapt to for, from the taekwondo world. Um, and it's an area that's of interest because it, it makes you be a little bit tighter on your strategies to make sure that, you know, you're not just telling the athlete to drink as much as they want, but you're now being specific about how much goes in. Because we can't weigh too much the next day, just in case we we get selected for the win. So, that, so that's an interesting area for me. Um, and what what can taekwondo learn from other combat sports or or team sports? I think it's just the you know t- team sports. I would say, and and boxers certainly the ones that we've worked with in Liverpool have begun to implement genuine periodization around training very well now. You know, I'm quite quite confident that Chris and smith who I work with, un- understands that he needs fuel at this period of the day because he's going in for an eight-round spa, and in the evening he doesn't, and he doesn't need to rely on the carbohydrates at that window of the day. And I think that's where taekwondo, from what I've seen working with some of the athletes that me and you work together with, you know, we're still not quite understanding that, still not really periodizing carbohydrates and... guys. And you know, the undercooking of protein, you know, not really being aware of the, the, the magic of what protein can do in terms of body composition, lean mass and, and obviously recovery and sleep and support there. So I, I'd probably say those two things, genuine carbohydrate periodization and then an increase of protein content through the day.
1: So you basically are telling that for the athletes to be aware of the carb and the nutrition periodization, they need to be aware of the coaches' periodization. So not only having a good trainings plan, but also the tools and communication with the players for them to understand what's coming up in training?
2: 100%. So I'll I'll give you two situations. So uh, athlete A wakes up in the morning and doesn't know what training is that day. So they don't know what to eat. They just eat something random for breakfast and then they go to training. And then they realize that that training session was pretty heavy and they probably under for it. And so then they're, they're now kind of undercooked because they didn't fuel properly and they've had a really heavy training session. And then at lunchtime, they might start overeating because they're really hungry now because they had a very tough training session. But actually, they haven't got any training in the afternoon and it's now a rest. So they're almost consuming the fuel at the wrong time of the day. They should have had it at breakfast to have a good session. Athlete B um, looks at their training schedule, understands that, okay, I've got a really hard session in the morning, wakes up in the morning and fuels correctly for that session, knows that the afternoon is rest and recovery, and so still consumes a lovely amount of calories in the afternoon and evening, but the predominant macro would be protein with loads of salad and vegetables, And then they start to bring that carbohydrate content a little bit lower so that they're not over-consuming when they're resting. There's two different athletes that, in my opinion, one would begin to manipulate body composition favorably well because they understand this is what training looks like day to day. This is how I'm going to eat with intent to fuel those sessions. But then athlete B is just someone that randomly gets up, eats what they want. They're not really thinking about it. And then they realize that. They've had a, a massive training session and they overeat in the afternoon, evening.
1: So you've been working together for a while and you know I do use monitoring tools and I do use training planning tools. But you, as you mentioned, some athletes pay attention to it. Some athletes don't pay attention to it. Overall, all these things, our sport is in related with other combat sports.
2: I'm probably a little bit biased in the taekwondo world because I've only worked directly with yourself. But, you know, the, the way that you... Um, use data. Uh, you know you're you're data driven, and you you monitor most things better than some of the team sport I've I've worked with in the past. Not now, but in the past. And so I, I think the way that you do it is is very forward thinking. You know, there's no real guesses. You know we, we've even done DEXA scans with some of your athletes. We've done resting metabolic rates. You know we're, we are genuinely trying to understand where these athletes sit from a body composition point of view and the metabolism and then we're working together to design nutritional strategies to help those athletes make the weight better so I would say you are um you know without kissing your bum too much but you are very forward thinking and, and you're doing the right stuff um in combat sport well boxing I've seen it done very well and I've, I've seen it done not so well um and you know someone like Chris William smith again is very Forward thinking, he he loves the data. He he's got all of the the smart watches and the sleep apps and all sorts. So he's um he's someone that's very on it with understanding the numbers and, and monitoring and tracking. And it makes my life a lot easier because if I can then start implementing nutrition strategies and we see a a better result in his sleep score or you know he feels fresher the next day, then we know that that's something that is working. Awesome, mate.
1: This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawken developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations large and small, as well as tactical, military and rehabilitation environments around the globe it's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintecondo Center, we use Hawking Dynamics to test and monitor our team. The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports, and of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawking Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strengths, maximum strengths, rate of force development, asymmetry, and so much more. The real time feedback on the app is useful, not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time, more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawking Dynamics or getting your own the team can be reached at info at or on Instagram or Twitter at Hawkindynamics. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlet Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Atlet Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training, even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. Before I used Athlete Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have athletes in my center, but also abroad, and with Athlete Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan, and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff, like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two-weeks free trial. Visit them at athletanalyzer.com to sign up, or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time.
0: You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Cesar Valentin and Peter Nessler.
1: So welcome back. We've been talking with Dr. James Moran and nice to have you here you've been quite busy lately you and your partner are about to bring a new baby into this world you wrote a book with some interesting knowledge from other performance nutritionists what have you learned from this experience of writing that book and what do you think it brings to the performance coaches who are also listening
2: yeah the the reason i wrote this book was because um you know i'm not on my own here when i say this but there's a there'll be a lot of nutritionists or sports scientists or s S&C and coaches in the industry that, you know, get messages on LinkedIn from junior students in the industry in whatever respective field it is. Um, and and I was getting quite a few messages from younger students asking me for advice about how to gain a career in the industry, what experience they needed. Could they do anything outside of the conventional degree program to improve their ability to be successful interviews. Um, And and that translates across disciplines, whether you're a strength and conditioning coach or fitness coach. Um, So what I did was I decided to interview um, some good friends and colleagues of mine in the industry that all work as really good level performance nutritionists in professional rugby, the Premier League football, um, three or four different clubs, uh, those that have got their own companies or, you know, they might be working for Australia cycling uh, team. And I decided to interview interview those people and ask them the same questions. You know, what have you learned in your career that you wish you knew when you first started? What's, be, what's your biggest advice to someone starting in the industry now? You know, what do you think makes a successful performance nutritionist? All of these key questions that in my opinion, you, you don't really learn on a degree program. You get taught a lot of the mechanism, mechanisms and biochemistry and all of the science on a degree program, but you don't get taught the real world practical side of it. So it was diving into that area, lifting the lid on 10 different practitioners. And I wrote that up into the book, which is called The Performance Nutritionist, and that's available on Amazon. Um, and it's been brilliant. I've had some amazing feedback from nutritionists, but also SNC coaches, fitness coaches in the industry who just want to learn about, you know, a little bit of self-development and improvement and how people can make themselves stand out against everyone else in the industry at the moment.
1: Well, I can say I loved it. I read through it like on the first day when it arrived. I was really like <laughs> binging on your book. It was very easy to read. I'm still missing your autograph on it. <laughs> I guess I'll have to meet you for that. Uh, but not only the book you have an online course out there for athletes and for coaches can you tell us a little bit about it the contents and who should uh, actually take this online course
2: yes the online course um, is i basically put it together and it's it's um, the development of all of my experience of helping boxers and, and combat sport athletes make weight um, so there's, there's elements of the scientific literature in there from some of the seminal work from Read Real, Louise Burke, Gary Slater. Then you've got some of uh, James Morton and, and Carl Evans' applied case studies to show how we, we take the, the literature and the evidence and put it into practice on case study uh, credibility, I guess. And then there's uh, some of my own work from Rocky Fielding, so that five-year longitudinal case study that I did with him. But the the course is, is all about taking the, the, the student or the user from Here's the literature, here's the science, and then importantly, how we can um, put that into practice and and how we can really embed that into the athletes that we work with um, to ultimately help the the athlete make weight and to um, support them to step on the scale in a much better position.
1: Thanks. We'll, We'll link the course on our podcast information our social media. Thank you, James. It was amazing to have you as our first guest on our Taekwondo podcast. Looking forward to seeing you again.
2: No problem. Anytime and all the best.
1: This was a Taekwondo podcast. If you haven't already, listen to our other episodes that are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are releasing new episodes every Tuesday. Stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a positive review and share it with your friends. See you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Taekwondo podcast, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Your host, Coach Cesar Valentin, has almost 20 years of experience with high-performance Taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a Taekwondo trainer. Peter Nessler has been teaching Taekwondo for more than 20 years, and he's currently one of the top referees in Europe. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website TaekwondoPodcast.com. See you next time.